you sometimes just have to learn to get out of your own head, you know? And I think that was my biggest challenge is that I was thinking too hard sometimes about that I can't do something in the moment. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 74. Today, I have a special guest, although all my guests are special. But Zaza Porter is a friend, a fellow triathlete. She went from someone held down by personal insecurities and weight gain to become an avid runner, again, a triathlete, a restaurant owner. Her mission is to encourage women, young girls to dream big. Her story reminds us that anything is possible. She is always willing to share her failures and lessons learned. She has a burning desire to impact her community, which led her to open Exposed Vegan Restaurant. As a restaurant owner, she created a West Charlotte hotspot, serving fresh and nourishing plant-based cuisine. Smoothies, bowls, loaded sweet potatoes, and even cookies. She's exposing how delicious vegan food can be when done correctly. Her goal is to show how a well-planned vegan diet can fuel the highest performance fitness levels while reducing injuries and chronic diseases. She uses her unique experiences as an African-American entrepreneur, digital executive, Ironman triathlete to motivate and activate her community. She's a proud military spouse and mother of three children. She understands the importance of balancing family and life. Please welcome Zaza Porter to the show. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So I want to start with talking about your book, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. But at the start of your book, you have a verse, which is a favorite verse of mine, being confident of this thing that he who began a good work in you would carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1, 6. Is that your favorite Bible verse or just one of many? One of many. (laughs) Why is that one of your favorite Bible verses? I'm grateful for the journey and that just seems to resonate with me. And I wanted to present it as a first part of the book because I just feel like he has kept me through, I guess, such a journey that seems like no other to me. It seems very unique and it just seemed to resonate for me and and in my life. Okay. Zaza, I love your name and I always thought it was very unique. Tell me, where did you get the name from? My mom's sister was named Zaza. She passed away when she was three years old. And my grandmother was just actually telling me about her and how strong that she was and how strong-willed she was at just three and how often she would say, you know, I'm not afraid to die. She died of leukemia 
And my mom's memory of her was just how strong-willed she was. And she really felt like when she was carrying me, that was going to be something within me. And so she decided to name me after her sister. And so I've carried that with me for some time, of course, but I feel like with that, you know, comes a lot of responsibility. And so I I try to keep that in my mind. There's not only a, a second chance that I feel like I've had in life, but just a second chance to carry that name forward. It's a beautiful story. So she's always with you. Mm-hmm. Always. As a young young age, your mother encouraged you to swim. You were on a swim team. Um, tell me about that experience. Well, my mom was a single parent, and she wanted to make sure that she was able to get me involved in as much as she could, as much as she could afford. And she worked, I think, when I was little. She may have had two or three jobs. That's also where I get the hustle from. And... Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> She dropped me off at the community center and said, you know, I'll be back. And I've enrolled you in dance. I think two different types of dance classes, tap and ballet and some like aerobic activity. But um, little did she know I was more interested in swimming and all the kids out there um, near the pool And some of it looked really organized. And so I would jump in and just hang out for a while. And my mom had come back and uh, learned one Friday before the weekend that I had joined the swim team. And I had a meet that coming weekend. And she learned that, you know, that that was just an activity that I really loved. You didn't have any fear as a child about the swimming? I, I think fear is a learned behavior. And so that's just not something that I was taught when I was little. I mean, all I saw is that kids were jumping in the pool. They were having a lot of fun. And I wanted to have fun, too. So I just joined them. I wasn't instructed there was anything to be fearful of. And so I think I've instilled that in my kids. All three can swim. And um, that's just not something that they've been taught to be afraid of water. And so it's just, you know, a fun activity that allows you to enjoy enjoy life. And I I love swimming. I love the water. I don't always love the competition of it, but I love being in a a large body of water. Well, good for you. My mother tried, well, she tried. She enrolled me in in swim lessons, but I love Mr. Tanner for trying, but I don't think his methods were very good for kids because he threw us in the pool, which Mm. scared me, but I made it to the so I could swim. But all I remember is hating going to swim, hating getting my hair done and water growing up my nose. So it made me like not like swimming as a child. (laughs) Now, my swim team experience, I think when I was, you know, I was just starting out, they let me in the swim team because I was just always there. And I just insisted on following everyone around. I was the youngest one there. And um, my first swim meet could have been seen as a disaster because I came in last, mm-hmm. cried after it was over. And uh, after my mom realized it was something I really wanted to do, she got a clipboard and she's actually a swimmer herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. <laughs> got the clipboard and after she got off of work or before was watching me and helped me fix my stroke and was like, okay, we're going to get this together. And then after that, I remember the, the next we meet, I left with quite a few medals. So... I still don't love the competition of it. I just love the water. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a, that's a step. Mm-hmm. 
What other sports did you participate growing up? I was in track in high school, so I was mostly a sprinter. What events? Yeah, the 100, the 200-meter dash, um, the long jump, and the triple jump um, were my favorites. Ran for quite some time until I got injured later in my high school years. So you were quite the athlete growing up. Yeah, those were the primary sports, swimming and um, running track. Track. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your biking accident and how it changed your life at the time. So when I was uh, 17, I lived in California. Didn't have a whole lot of money, but I um, cycled quite a bit. And I often found myself taking spare parts and putting bikes together. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when you just don't have, you make it work. So that was something that I did. Um, but there was one time I was leaving a friend's house and uh, there was a couple of things that weren't working well with, with my bike. And I was going down a hill, going really fast. And as I was going down the hill, I lost a little bit of control and I hit the curb, flew off and hit a telephone pole. And I um, broke my kneecap while I was in the air. And then when I hit the ground of my left leg, I broke my kneecap. And then uh, my right leg, when I landed, I broke my thigh bone. So I have um, a pin in my knee, in my left knee, and a pole in my leg that kind of goes from my knee all the way up to my, all the way up to my thigh. Your hip? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the way up to my hip. Thank you. And um, I've had that since I was 17. So mm-hmm. for quite some time, it doesn't bug me, um, but because of, you know, the damage that I had to my knee, I now have, you know, serious arthritis in my left knee, but my, um, my hip doesn't hurt it, even though there's still a pole there keeping everything together. So after you had your accident, how long did it take for you to get back to walking? So I had a good friend that would come to visit me when I was in high school to take me outside and roll me around when I was um, in a wheelchair. I think she may have helped me do that for like a month or two because I didn't have crutches, but I had surgery. So I was in a wheelchair for quite some time. Then when I got into a walker, she'd come out and walk with me. Yeah, she was a really good friend. And it, it may have been a couple of months, but I think there was quite a bit of change that happened for me during that process of just not walking. Mm-hmm recognizing that I I could have been paralyzed through that accident. I had another opportunity to walk again and just remembering that I was named after someone who's strong and very strong willed, mm-hmm. not was not fearful. And so I really needed to, you know, get my act together because even when I was biking, I wasn't always with the greatest crowds. And so I needed to give mm-hmm. them up and um, think about my life and what I wanted to do with myself. I was in high school. I didn't really have any goals. And so I really reevaluated life at that time and just thinking about, I need to come up with some goals for myself. Now that I'm walking, I'm not paralyzed. If I can walk, I can run, I can do mm-hmm. other things. I need to do something. And so it really changed my whole mindset just going through that whole accident. So it made you reevaluate life and your goals and aspirations? Yeah, since I didn't feel like I had any. And it's like, well, if you're given another chance on life, you mm-hmm. need to go get some. <laughs> and 
and of course took some time to get there. And I feel like I, I really evaluate life all the time now, but I, it taught me never to take advantage of opportunities and to live. And if I'm given another chance on life, then I really need to live life to the fullest and figure out how I can impact people with just having someone wheel me around and giving me the gift of her time. I need to do that for other people. So at that time, did you start back doing sports or swimming or biking? How long after your accident? Or was it just you were more focused on other things at the time? I honestly think it took years until I turned 40. (laughs) Sometimes it's just a process. Like, you know, you want to do things. I mean, I think becoming a mom was one mission in life, but then I realized I was pouring so much into my kids. I still didn't have goals for myself. So I don't think I, I really started to think about what I wanted to do with myself, not just getting married and having a family, but how do I want to give back to society and make an impact on this world until I turn the age of 40? which is a long time. You go from 17, 46, a long time to figure out what you want to do with yourself. And I I think it, it, it's a process. Things don't happen overnight. You have to go through quite a few things in life for you to, you know, get there. I learn something new all the time and I'm always striving to be a better person. I feel like I'm a kid sometimes as far as some of the goals and aspirations I have, but I think it never stops. Yeah. I don't think it should ever stop. My grandmother... She's 88, and she was telling me about some new things she wants to get into. So I I think that's healthy. That keeps your brain going when you keep thinking about what's your next goal and that you can still have goals. Yeah, that's great. So tell me how you started running, how you got involved with Black Girls Run. So um, like I said, I, I was close to 40, not yet 40, and I we went to go take a family picture. Uh, for Christmas, I was, you know, set on us almost every year, I guess from like 30 to age 40, that we would take family photos dressed in very similar colors. And this one year, we, we, we were in Charlotte, we moved from New York to Charlotte, and I had put on quite a few pounds, you know, from going to walking all the time in the New York streets, just because of public transportation, you don't drive as much. And living in Charlotte and being in the car and not realizing how much calories I guess I may have been burning while I was in New York walking all the time and then coming here and always being in a, in a car. And we took our family photo, or at least I was getting the kids together to, to take our family photo. Our, our theme was Navy. And Jay had a really nice Navy suit that he got from his tour in Afghanistan. He's in the Army. And I bought the the boys, I have two young boys, and I bought them two Navy suits and got my daughter a Navy dress. And I thought, I'll just wear my Navy suit. Hadn't even thinking that maybe mm-hmm. I should try it on. <laughs> and I put it on for our family photo and it didn't fit. Like it didn't zip the pants. And I was just like, I've gained a lot of weight. And we took the photo and I was just looking at myself and I was like, I got to do something about this. And so I think the next, maybe the very next day, a friend, I saw her post a picture on Facebook that she was outside running with other women at five in the morning, which seemed crazy. 
but who does that? And they meet in the Target parking lot in Charlotte. And, but they got it all done before the kids got up. And so it was time to themselves before they got their work day started. They actually did an outdoor activity and they looked like they were having fun and feeling good. So I decided to join them early in the morning, 5 a.m. with running clothes, which seemed crazy, but I went out there. But I'm such an introvert and I'm a little shy with, you know, meeting new people. So I, I went over there with like Bose headphones and was being a little standoffish, wasn't intentional. And there was one run morning, there was a dog outside and no one could warn me because I had really big headphones. Um, once somebody ran and caught up to me, <laughs> let me know the dog was out there. And I was like, okay, I really need to think about, again, reevaluating life. One, I'm not safe being out here with these big headphones. Two, if I'm going to join a community, <laughs> I really need to lose these headphones and not be so standoffish and maybe make friends that are about a healthy lifestyle. And so I decided to join the Black Girls Run community, which I've been a part of for, you know, over. 10 years. So it, it's it's been amazing, um, not 10 years, but about eight, being a part of this group of ladies who have been so welcoming towards me being in Charlotte and just joining them. I was encouraged to do so many different races and um, then met the tri community because some of them were not only runners, they competed in so it, it allowed me to begin an endurance journey before I turned 40. So tell me about your first race with your husband, that experience. So once I learned about endurance races, which was pretty amazing, I was like, you know, people just go out and run and they get a medal and sometimes you get a t-shirt and it just seems like so much fun. I registered myself and my husband because he's been such a big supporter of anything new I want to do, as crazy as it always sounds. I think that's not harmful for me and the family, and it doesn't cost too much money. <laughs> um, he's a big supporter of it. <laughs> and so I enrolled us in, I'm sorry, I registered us for Hot Chocolate Atlanta, the 15K, and because I had never run a race before. So I normal people, I think, start off with like a 5K. <laughs> 5K or 10K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, saw in the race registration for that particular race, if you did the 15K, you get a jacket and a medal mm -hmm. and you got hot chocolate. If you did the 5K, you didn't get the jacket and the big medal. So I was like, well, I, I want all the, the stuff <laughs> that comes with it. So you got to go big. <laughs> Why not go big? So I am uh, registered for us for that race, not knowing anything about nutrition. I don't think I've ever been, had ever been to Atlanta before. So I didn't realize how hilly it was. I wasn't a professional runner, so I it didn't dawn on me to look at the course or anything like that. I just saw a jacket that said hot chocolate. It was really cute. It was pink. Mm -hmm. And um, the metal looked really cute. And I was excited for the treats afterwards. And he did it with me. And um, it was it was hell. <laughs> um, the first mile <laughs> was a hill that seemed like it 
lasted forever. I, I don't know why they would put that there. And then I realized that <laughs> Georgia Hills. <laughs> I, I, I just didn't understand why you would start a run course and then turn and go up a hill. That was just unreal to me. <laughs> and it was all throughout the course until you were like at the very end. And that was a hill too. It was just a long hill that you couldn't tell of a hill, which most people call that a false flat. Mm-hmm. But once we were there towards the end, I mean, all throughout that Jay was just singing cadences and he was just excited to be there with me. <laughs> and I was just like, why is he happy? This is the most miserable <laughs> ever taken. <laughs> like, I'm surprised he's not angry. But he <laughs> made me make the best of it. And throughout the route, you know, they had marshmallows and Hershey kisses. And I was like, this is crazy. I don't even, why are we doing this? And then once I could see the finish line, I could hear music. He just grabbed my hand and was just like, you did it. Let's go get our medal. And he basically, it felt like he was just dragging me across the finish because it was just unreal that I actually, you know, did a 15K in Atlanta being my first race, nine miles of hills. But it, it was a great experience. And after that, I, um, we crossed the finish line. I got my medal, got the jacket, and I just sat on the floor on the concrete. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, so <laughs> this was interesting. I may want to do something like this again. You said may? I may. May. Challenging, but I did it, which means I could do something else. So once once I completed that, I was on the ground. I couldn't get up. And Jay went to go get my hot chocolate bowl. I sat there and and ate the hot chocolate on the ground. I had chocolate all over my face. And and I was just like, you know, I think I want to do this again. I don't know where, probably never coming back to Atlanta again, which is so not true. Yeah. (laughs) So, 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 I mean, I did it. I came back there years later. But... um, it really changed my life doing that first one, not realize, mm-hmm. you know, that I could complete something like that. So it inspired you to want more. It inspired me to want more. I just didn't know how much more and what else I wanted to do. And having that support system of my family was just amazing. And, and doing that with him was pretty awesome. So I was like, I think, you know, this, this is something I want to continue and maybe involve the kids. So what inspired you to take the leap from road racing to to doing triathlons? I know you said you met triathletes when you were running, but what made you actually say, I'm going to sign up and do a race? So, you know, that dad on Facebook again, I (laughs) saw a friend of mine who was in Black Girls Run Charlotte. Her name was Dawn Davis Calhoun. She wasn't running. She was on a bicycle. And she had, she had red hair, so cute, and she has freckled, <laughs> had two pigtails under a helmet, and she had a pink bike, and I was just like, I want to do that. She looks so cute, and she's not running. She doesn't look as miserable as I do when I'm running. <laughs> but then I, I was like, but what is she doing? And she was in a triathlon. She was the relay then a relay and a relay team. And she was the biker. 
And I thought, you know, that I think this is something I think I want to do, but I don't think I want to relay. I think I want to do the whole thing. Once I asked her more about it, she told me about a community called Try It For Life. I learned about them and I decided to join that group to do a triathlon. But then I I was a little scared. You know, I'm still someone who new groups. So I thought, well, I'll go one somewhere far where people don't see me. And then I'll do that group. Do the one local. Right, yeah. Okay. I told Jay about it, what I wanted to do, and he bought me a bicycle um, for Christmas. I was just so excited. It was pink. So I was like, I got a pink bicycle. <laughs> Is pink your favorite color? It wasn't, but it just seemed like a girly thing to do. You know, okay. <laughs> it was very inspiring, and I showed him what she had. And then he got me a pink one because my favorite color is actually red, but but, you know, it just seemed like, you know, I'm in the club, you know, because I got a pink bike and their kits are pink. So it was just going to be great. And I got on it and I rolled around on the cul-de-sac and I was a little winded. It still was not as hard as running, but it was still some effort. And so I thought, OK, well, this is going to be a different type of journey. I need to think about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it sat there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, I thought like, well, this might be better than running. But then once I rode the bike, you know, it took some effort for my legs. It wasn't for just running, but it was different effort. And I was tired. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I need to give this some thought and, you know, find out what I really want to do with this. And I thought, you know, what? I, my daughter was talking about it. You know, mom, you probably need a goal. Like. So I, I registered for a race in Wilmington to, you know, have a goal before I did the race with Try for Life, which is supposed to be for first-time triathletes. But I was just scared to show up because I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So <laughs> I decided to, you know, sign up for a race that was far away with no support, even though I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So that doesn't make sense either. But I did it. <laughs> and I dragged my daughter with me as a Sherpa, even though I didn't know what that was at the time. I just wanted some company. Okay. And some help and some support. Support, someone to cry with. And um, she went there with me. And uh, I remember getting there and being so overwhelmed because, I mean, I got the bike for Christmas and I've never mm-hmm. been around that many bikes. So when I had checked in and saw mm-hmm. a sea of bikes, I was so mm-hmm. overwhelmed. And it was a sprint. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll swim, which, you know, I grew up swimming. So, it was more of a breaststroker. Um, but I thought like, well, I should be able to do this. So I think it was like, you know, a couple hundred yards. It was in the pool. It was in the pool. And you biked 10 miles. And I think you ran maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for that. But once I put the bikes there, I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, Why? So I keep signing up for things and drag the <laughs> number to this is the dumbest thing I could come up with. So I was like, you know what? Maybe tomorrow's, I mean, I'm, I don't, we don't have to do this. We can go to the mall because, you know, I can always entice her. Go shopping. To go shopping. She was just like, you know, why don't you wait until the morning and see how you feel? Mm-hmm. And I slept on it and I was like, you know what? There's no one here. Just go, see what happens. 
if I finish, I finish. If I don't, I don't. At least I can say I tried. And I still have the other, you know, try it for life group to do, you know, to do that later. So we got up early. It's really cold. I think it was in March. I wasn't expecting it to be that cold to do a triathlon. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of the water and be freezing to death. And then I have to get on my bike. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I think I had like a very basic tri suit. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, was ready for the pool swim, which was a little exciting. My daughter was in the bleacher. She was so excited. She was cheering for me. And I was like, let me just do this for her because she seems so excited that her mom is going to do a triathlon. So if anything, I'm just going to get it done just because she's here and she drove a couple hours with me. So I, there was such a long line for people to get in the pool. We were, it was by, everybody had a number. I can't remember if the men and women were like together. I, I can't remember that. But I do recall once I got in the water I don't remember, you know, training to do those mile of yards. So you kind of had to zigzag Mm -hmm. the pool to start on one end of the pool to the other side going through. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just going back and forth doing laps. So as I was watching people, you'd swim and then you go under the other lane to get to the next lane. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is far. Like I probably should have practiced swimming like this. I don't know why I keep showing up to things without proper training or doing research. So I made it like halfway through the swim and I was thinking like, I'm not going to make it. Like I should just get out. And there were these ladies dressed in pink and they were like, you can do it. They were screaming at me and yelling at me while I was in the pool. And I was just like, okay. I just kept going and they said, kept swimming and they kept telling me I was almost there. And if I would get to the edge and made it through, they like cheered once I got out. And I was like, it was such a rush, but I was like, okay, well, I, mm-hmm. I made it through the first part. So let me see what happens with the next one. So I go out there, I go to the bike. I had never seen that many bikes before. Like I said, my husband bought me the bike for Christmas, so I didn't see others. I get there in transition. I'm just looking around, watching people as they were getting ready to bike. And mm-hmm. wow, there's a lot of bikes. And what's that on his pedals? And what's that on his handlebars? And you have water on your on your bike? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was shopping and Zarina was, and then she sees me and she starts cheering, go mom. Mom, get on your bike. Oh, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so, oh, uh, okay. I'm in a race. I really need to. So I think I was in transition for probably 20 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> because I wasn't thinking, like, I wasn't thinking I was in a race. I was just like, you know, shocked in this experience. Hadn't been to a triathlon ever before. Hadn't seen this before. I didn't mm-hmm. start the try for life journey yet because they train you to do your first triathlon. So they probably would explain what transition is because oh, I had never been. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. So I was just looking around and finally I got on my bike, which was great. I had, you know, rode it around the neighborhood quite a few times, but I realized I was, I was riding. I felt pretty low. People were rolling past me. 
And they're like, you could do it. Just keep pedaling. And I was like, I don't see how this is going <laughs> to, how I'm going to get through this. And finally, I, I made it to the end of the bike, went as fast as I could on these flat tires. And then I thought like, well, I just, I just completed a swim in the bike. I can't believe I did that. And then my daughter was like, mom, you did it. Keep going. <laughs> Microwave. And now you just got to run. And she was just taking pictures. She was so excited. And I finally started to run. And I was like, I'm running. Oh, my God. I'm going to be a triathlete today. <laughs> and this wasn't one with medals. And I saw those ladies from far. And two of them, or I think one of them, placed and one actually winds up being a really good friend of mine. Her name is Jerry Macy. Over the years, um, I got to know her. And um, I was like, wow. And I just sat there again on the ground and just started to think, like, all right, <laughs> I completed a triathlon. Like, I think I can do this again. And I think I want to do this more often, yes. maybe longer, and learn more about, you know, actually train in water. And learn more about bikes and um, and run more. So I just did their evaluated life. And um, I got my stuff. My daughter helped me. And I still took her shopping and took her to the mall. Okay. <laughs> so she was happy. <laughs> she was even happier. <laughs> of supporting me that whole day. And um, we were trading notes of, like, what she saw and what I was actually doing. <laughs> And okay. <laughs> she's been one of my um, best Sherpas since then. When my husband can't make it, my daughter's always there. So okay. she's been with me from the beginning. In season five, we will continue the segment as the dog. If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal health, please email me. Send me a message via social media or click on my website and leave an audio message. Select messages will be answered on the segment. So what was your greatest challenge in regards to your first race? I know you, you said you weren't worried about swimming. I know that's a big thing for a lot of African-Americans because a lot of us didn't grow up swimming. Yeah. So but what was your greatest challenge? Just overwhelming with all the different stuff? you sometimes just have to learn to get out of your own head, you know? And I think that was my biggest challenge is that I was thinking too hard sometimes about that I can't do something in the moment. And I had to switch my thinking to like, well, you can, and you're out here, so you might as well go get it done. And so sometimes the biggest challenge was because I hadn't done it before, can I really get this done today. So sometimes you can get in your own head and though you physically feel fine, you doubt yourself, which can take over, mm. you know, your train of thought and make you think you yes. can't do it. And sometimes you just have to talk yourself off that ledge and remind yourself who you are and whose you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the meaning of my name and my background and my my mom has never, ever told me that I can't do something or, is, you know, had me be fearful of anything. It's always like, that sounds great. You know, when you get it done, you know, it's never a doubt. Okay. 
can't mm-hmm. happen or let me know, you know, how it's going. It's never like, you can't do that. That's never come out of her mouth. So I think the biggest challenge was, you know, getting out of my, getting out of my own head. So how did you progress from that first race to doing an Ironman, a full distance Ironman? That darn Facebook and this darn community of people <laughs> that you always see. And I always think like, I see something that looks really cool. And I'm thinking, I want to do that. And I just, I have such a supportive family and I've, I have a supportive mom. No one's ever said that you can't do it. So when I come up with these things mm-hmm. of, you know, I completed a short distance, then I completed a sprint. Then, you know, I think I want to get out of this pool. I was watching people who were in wetsuits and they mm-hmm. were swimming in open water, which to, you know, people say open water to me was just water. So it didn't seem like a big mm-hmm. difference of being in a pool versus being in a lake or a river. It was just swimming further. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to keep challenging myself just to see how far I could take things. And even if I didn't complete it that day, okay, well, what do I need to do, you know, when I get home to change things so that I can make it to the next distance? And so, you know, watching people and seeing, especially people of color, other Black people that I could relate mm-hmm. to. I think I would see posts from either Janice or mm-hmm. Khadija Diggs, and they weren't young. You know, they weren't in their 20s. They were just a little bit older than me. And I'm like, well, if they can do it, you know, maybe I could figure out what I need to train to do to do that. So I would stalk them <laughs> and um, <laughs> follow them around on Facebook, figure out where they were going to be. I saw that Khadija Diggs was going to be at Chattanooga, a 70.3. And I was like, if I trained hard enough, I could go there and I could go meet her. Because I was always, you know, commenting on things or loving stuff, but I didn't know her. So I thought maybe if I trained really hard, I could go to Chattanooga and meet some of these people and this organization of Black mm-hmm. triathletes. Because they look very friendly and uh, mm-hmm. they're pretty dope. So I trained really hard, went to that race, and I found her. She posted on on Facebook that she was going, you know, what her schedule was and what she was doing. And I was like, oh, my God, she's going to check in. I'm going to go down there and see if I can find her. <laughs> and I saw mm-hmm. her. She's really short. And so am I. She's five foot two. So am I. I was like, this is going to be so great. She races covered. I have so many Muslim family members. Mm -hmm. She was close to Ramadan season. And I was just like, let me go tell her how she's been inspiring my whole family. So I found her and I was like, Katisha, oh my God, I tell my cousins all about you. And you're so inspiring to me. And you started at the age of like when I started and I think I talked for like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and she paused and said, Mm -hmm. so what's your name? (laughs) (laughs) Khadija. (laughs) I was following her, secretly following her around for so long. I just thought I knew her. 
And, um, you know, I didn't actually tell her I was coming to meet her there. I was just, I saw that she was going to be there. So I just went down there and just started talking because I was in the moment and so excited. I didn't even think to introduce myself. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that moment allowed us, you know, to get to know each other. And she saw me on the course as she ran past me going up a hill and tapped me on the shoulder. I think I was on my first loop of the run and she was on her second. Uh, She tapped me and said, you're doing a good job. And I, that was like such a major moment in my life. And uh, I've continued to stalk her since then. Yeah, Khadija, I met her at her, I think a 70.3. I felt like I've been knowing her forever. And that was one of my worst races ever. But I was so happy to meet her mm-hmm. and Vaughn and see how they prepped. Because I actually got a DNF on that race. And it was like the word, I wound up in a medical tent. But from the, I learned a lot from them and from that whole catastrophe that it actually wound up being a good experience. Yeah. And Vaughn was at that same race too. She was the relay, but I didn't, I didn't realize who she was. I hadn't gotten to the level of stalking her yet. There's another one. So I was like, I'll just go to Chicago and meet her too. Cause it went well with Khadijah. So I figure like, why not fly there and introduce myself? And this time I'll tell her my name. I'll just, <laughs> no, I'll do a little better than that and um, met her and both of them I've been really good friends with ever since then. And I, I followed Vaughn to so many races. She's like, where did you come from? You know, I guess you're my new race boo. <laughs> she has called me her race boo ever since then. Yes. Yes. I've heard her call you that before. And I didn't realize that um, in Chicago, but that was before I started doing triathlons and all of you guys inspired me. I didn't realize that you, I think that's why I met you. That you didn't know Vaughn before. No, <laughs> I just went there to meet everybody, to stalk everyone. Tom Shear too, like took me under his wing mm-hmm. um, because I was, and then, and then I, I don't even show up places to do a simple thing. I I registered for the the triple race where you're doing three for the weekend. Like I just can't ever do like take baby steps. They were doing the triple, so I was like, "Well, I want to meet them." Well, you signed up too, so why not? I up too, and, I, and then getting there, you're like, "Why the hell did I do this? Why do I keep showing up to these things? <laughs> Who signs up to do three triathlons at one time with Ironman? Like, I wasn't, I hadn't completed a full yet. <laughs> I was just following them around. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these people have done several 140.6 distances, and here I come." following them around <laughs> but it was like one of the experiences of my life I got a jacket because you know when you do the triple you get a jacket triple yeah mm-hmm. the triple try and um I'm just seem to be one that wants all the extra stuff so um all the blame <laughs> and all the extra gear that comes with it so I I did that one took the most amazing pictures with Vaughn and with Tom and Don Davis Calhoun was there mm-hmm. and it was just an amazing experience. And so that made me want to continue to do long distances. Just the tribe of people. They're just amazing people to, to get to know. Tell me how you fit everything in. I see you, your mom of three, you have a full-time job, you own a restaurant. 
training for all these races you're an ambassador for black girls run like do you sleep like how do you get it all in? <laughs> yeah um i do sleep i do go to bed very early what time do you go to bed About 8 39 o'clock like after nine o'clock okay. don't talk to me i can't function because i'm like a 4 a.m person 3 34 o'clock to get up and get it done before the kids i try to be very intentional about my sundays and think about what the week looks like you know, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to get done, make sure that I balance with the family. And so um, I kind of do a project plan, I'd say, for my life to really mm -hmm. schedule out mm -hmm. what things are going to happen, you know, throughout the week. And also work in some time period in case something goes bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I start to think about, you know, if I feel like I'm not giving the kids enough time triathlon is definitely the place that I, I back up from so that I make sure that I make time for my mm -hmm. children and my husband. So I, I definitely use the, the Sundays and midweek to reevaluate, you know, what, what's going on mm -hmm. with our schedule and how can I fit certain things in. And then if I can't, next week is another week to try to get whatever it is that I need to get done. And you mentioned your family, your daughter at your first race and your husband at your first road race. And by reading your book, telling me about your husband, like how he's the best Sherpa and how doing your race in Canada, all those things didn't turn out the way you wanted. He was proud and he encouraged you and he's always encouraged you. Tell me about that relationship and how that's important, because I find that some people they have to it's always it's always a struggle to fit something new in their lives and sometimes their family is not as supportive as they need to be and how that is an additional struggle trying to be healthy and try to do something that you love for yourself yeah all of us have goals in life every single one of us that live in this house and we call ourselves team porter and really to be a part of the team you got to hold your weight and so we try to share what our goals are with each other and how we can support each other. My husband has his own career. Um, he's done triathlon a few times. That's not his major race. Like he's more of a runner cyclist, but he has competed. He did Chicago a few years later after I went there and he's done some local races in Missouri. So, but we try to support each other. And I think that's how we kind of keep the love in the family is supporting each other's dreams and goals. And I love the way he supports me and I, I try to return it the same and just figure out how I can support him in life. And with our children, they have different goals. They, each one of them have done a triathlon too. It's not their thing, but they have tried it and competed <laughs> and done really well because the boys did Chicago try too. Okay. Yes, I remember. Um, but we all did it and we all had a great time in Chicago. And um, they've done a lot of local races. My daughter's done a lot of cycling with me and she's done a lot of running with me. But as far as their actual life goals, we just try to support each other, which, you know, makes the journey even sweeter when you bring your family along, I think. At least that's what's worked for me is, is to include my entire family in everything that I'm doing. That's good. And tell me about your restaurant you started in the midst of pandemic and you're vegan. And tell me about how is that challenging as far as training for 
longer course endurance races? Or was it difficult to find the right balance? It is absolutely challenging. I wanted to make an impact on society when the pandemic hit. I really wanted to help people. You know, I'm not a physician. (laughs) I didn't go to medical school. And so during the time when you'd see all the nurses, you know, on TV and the hospitals, like you want to do something. But if you don't have that background, it's like, what good am I? You know, I'm though I was a triathlete, I work in financial services. I didn't feel like I was really helping people that needed help during the pandemic. But knowing how much I like to cook and how much I, you know, like gardening, I wanted to help people that were in need that, you know, when restaurants were closed, they really needed nutrients. I mean, we really needed to get our immune systems up to survive. And there was a lot of people who didn't know how to do that. They were, there was just such a fear of making vegetables and, you know, getting the right vitamins naturally. They just didn't know how. And that was just something that I knew that I knew how to do. So I wanted to help people by, by doing that. And so that's where the restaurant came in. And it just seemed to be so many myths out there around about being vegan. Like we only eat salad. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really eat food. And I was thinking that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. And I, I can eat, eat. Like I eat all day long. And um, though I don't eat meat or dairy products, I still enjoy food. And so I wanted to help people that really needed the help. I was finding there were friends that were pre-diabetic throughout the pandemic or unfortunately got you know, diabetes. And, and there's so many diseases that are out there that are preventable. And some of it can be preventable by what you eat. So that's really why, why I wanted to open a restaurant and help people, especially people of color, to help them through the pandemic. And trying to do it has been extremely challenging, time-consuming, and it can be draining too because of where I put the restaurant. I can understand. I put it in a place that was a food desert, not a whole lot of profit mm-hmm. there. But what was the most rewarding is having people come in. I became their Starbucks because they found a spot where they can get healthy options every day. So that, that's been the most rewarding thing, a part of it. So it's balanced in a way where, you know, though it's been challenging, having all these customers and giving them a healthy option that they didn't have before and walking distance of their house or close to their job when nothing existed, you know, before I went there. But reading your book, I found that your restaurant is it's like a family affair, that your son came up with the cookie recipe and your daughter came up with some smoothie recipes. And I got a chance to stop by your restaurant when I was in Charlotte and get some food. I had my godson with me, which makes fun of most of my vegan food, but he loved your vegan cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, yeah. those were a hit with him. <laughs> yeah, people seem to drive all over or even want me to ship them, which I haven't figured that out yet. So yeah, they're, they're a big hit. Tell me about, um, I guess, in your journey to do triathlons, you've gone through different coaches. And I remember reading in your book that you like, as you said, I'm not going to do a coach after you had done a couple races. I guess the, the coach really didn't encourage you like they were supposed to. How did you find the right coach? And what was that experience? 
finally, I did find a good coach. It was Jeremy Watson. I was watching John Gerst and it seemed like, and I actually met Jeremy through Master Swim and I would show up there. Didn't really want to be there in the morning to swim, though I like being in the pool. Like I said, I, I don't like to compete in it. I, I, I love it for a leisure activity. And, you know, I would always show up with a really funky attitude, not on purpose, but just, you know, and he wasn't taking my shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and so, you know, he would encourage me and tell me things that I need to get done and then tell me to go do it. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, a little later when John was sharing what his plans were with his coach, I was like, you know what? I think I might be able to work this out with Jeremy. And so, you know, that's really how we met, but I just saw a lot of results and, and what he was doing with other folks, which I thought, you know, that relationship might be able to work for me. Cause you know, you, you do have to have a good relationship with the coach. Um, I think to be successful with one. And since, you know, the beginning, I felt like I might listen to him a little bit. And I really, mm-hmm. after opening the restaurant, I needed someone to help me with structure and so, you know, it was a pretty good match. So part of my podcast is to feature guests who have overcome obstacles to make it to their finish line. Can you tell me about an obstacle? We've talked about some of them uh, that you had to overcome to make it to your finish line, whether it be endurance or life or business related or family. Yeah, I think the best race for me is still Ironman Arizona. I didn't complete two fulls before that. I went to Ironman Canada and I just wasn't trained up. Then I um, went to do Ironman Santa Rosa, I believe. And um, I got injured on that course. Third one, which was Arizona, which Vaughn and Khadijah were going to do, you know, the people that I was stalking and chasing after all the time. And, um, they encouraged me to do that one with them. And they're like, you're going to make it to the finish line. One, well, Juan threatened me. <laughs> so there was that. And then Khadija was very encouraging. Both were encouraging in a different way. Uh, helping me visualize myself getting to the finish. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me. One, if I don't finish, Vaughn is going to beat me. And two, (laughs) if I didn't finish, I just, I'm not sure I wanted to have that conversation with Khadija because she really believed in me. And then my husband was, you know, traveled with me to Arizona and was helping me train for that one. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I was out there all day and I thought like, okay, for the first two I didn't make it to the run. So even if I made it to the run, that was a good accomplishment. But I really get out of my own head and get over the hurdle of just, just get it done. Like you can do this, visualize yourself finishing. And that sometimes is my, is my biggest obstacle. Not always that I wasn't physically there, but I had to believe in myself. And so I needed to get past that. And once I was told, you know, you have this amount of time to get to that last run cutoff, I thought, my family and friends have been out here all day. I'm like one of the last people to finish. Like, get out of your own head and hurry up. 
I was running like a 16 minute mile and someone came up to me. Her name is Heather. I think she's an angel (laughs) for coming up. Mm -hmm. She did the whole Whoopi Goldberg speech and was just like, you need to hurry up. And um, Mm -hmm. like, how much time do I have? And when she told me I had, I guess, maybe 30 minutes to make it to mile 20, I sprinted to a 10-minute mile. Oh, girl. <laughs> and you realize it's really mental. It is. I've been on Jay has been on yeah. all day. Katie is done, and she's sitting in a lawn chair at the finish line just waiting for me to finish. And she's not going to go inside until I cross the finish line. Hurry up. Like, mm-hmm. Get your ass to the finish line. I got over that hurdle of just getting out of my head, visualizing myself to the finish. And this just happened to be one that the famous announcer, Jerry, was at. And um, Mm -hmm. I was like, let me hurry up and and get there. And it was the third attempt. And I, Tom Shear was there too. And he was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, you turn that corner. And you're going to finish like you're going to be an Ironman. And I could hear, I could see the lights. I could hear the music. Mm-hmm. And um, I could start to hear my husband, but I couldn't see him. I'm not sure what side he was on of the finish. And mm-hmm. I was just looking up and I could hear the man said, Jaja Porter, come on down. You are. He didn't do that yet. He said, <laughs> Jaja Porter, he said it twice. And then the third time, Jaja Porter. And then I could see him. He said my name three times. Okay. <laughs> I finished. And then I see all this, this bright light off to the right. And I see Khadija. And she has the biggest smile on her face. And I was like, mm-hmm. it? And I crossed the finish line. And I finally saw my husband. And we um, took a ton of pictures. And so I, I almost didn't make it through that one. Um, which is pretty scary all day, but I, I feel like I feel like that one was one of my biggest accomplishments after you know not getting through it twice with two other races. I remember reading your book and I was reading all and seeing all the pictures and it brought tears to my eyes. I, <laughs> I was so happy for you, even though it's pets, but yes. So if an adult Zaza could go back and talk to your younger self, what? would you tell yourself? What advice would you give yourself? You know, I think there were so many, you know, before I broke my legs, there were so many times where people told me that I couldn't do something. It was never my mother. But I remember there was one time in high school, there was a teacher um, who wasn't encouraging at all. And uh, Mm -hmm. who was always putting doubt in my head. And I remember my mom coming up to the school and giving her a talking to and talking to the principal. And so if I could go back and tell myself, you know, how many things that I was going to get accomplished as an adult and don't let anyone ever tell you that you can't do something, that would be the conversation mm. I would have that, you know, don't cry. You're going to be an amazing adult. You're going to have a family. You're going to do so many things with your children. You're going to travel all over the world and do marathons and triathlons. So just be patient and kind to yourself and don't let anyone ever put you down. That would be the conversation I have with myself. Okay. That's very good advice. Any last minute words of advice for my listeners 
I love the Iron Man slogan that anything is possible. I truly believe that if you work hard and set goals for yourself, that you can achieve them. And it's just going to take work. Sometimes it's the people you Mm -hmm. surround yourself with. Um, Mentors. True. Find some people that are encouraging, you know, that could encourage you. Or even if you never meet them, if there's those folks out there that, I mean, I listen to David Goggins' book quite often. We're probably never going to meet Vaughn, but there are these people out there. Find those that you feel like help encourage your journey and hold on to that. And then think about what yours is and plan, you know, use the Sunday to to write down what you want to do. And if things don't work out, just revisit it. Try, Try again. Yeah. Try the <laughs> next day. Try the mm-hmm. next week. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It means you learned something and that you can mm-hmm. try again the very next time. Where well, can people find you? Your book, Running for My Life. I highly recommend it. I'm, I'm anxious to try the macaroni and cheese from your book. Really good. Because <laughs> I love macaroni yeah, and cheese. That's one of my favorite. Try the vegan macaroni and cheese. And your um, restaurant, Exposed Vegan, if you're in Charlotte, you live in Charlotte, or if you visit in Charlotte, stop by. And you can pre-order, and they'll have everything ready for you. I know from experience, <laughs> if you're right through. Or if you're in Charlotte, you want to run, you want to give running a try, Black Girls Run, because she's an ambassador. But where can people find you with all the things? Yeah, they can um, <laughs> follow me mostly, I think, on Instagram. is Jaja Porter on Instagram, and then Exposed Vegan on Instagram and follow me there. And we, we do have a Facebook page for Exposed Vegan, but I think I post the most on Instagram. So either where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing. I am working on my next book as my, I have family members that have unfortunately gone through, you know, a cancer journey. And um, a lot mm-hmm. of them, I've been making food for them. And so I started to document what we've been going through together and what's been helping them with their journey. It's just things I don't think we talk about enough. Um, Not that it's curing anything, but what can we do for our bodies um, to sometimes Mm -hmm. avoid certain um, diseases or to help our body get right or to give us more energy. So I'm starting to document a lot of that. So I'll be talking about that a little bit on Facebook or on Instagram and sharing that more. And you can go to my website um, and see things that I'm going to put up there. I'm going to um, start to blog more about this this next phase of my journey of just helping people that are sick. Well, thank you for joining me. You are inspiration. I just want to let you know in, in my journey. Because we all have ups and downs, and I feel like I've been down a lot lately, more than up. But you inspire me with your diet, you're working out. I'm like, does she sleep? I'm like, I need to get out of bed because I know Sasa's I was out running this morning. So you inspire me. I just want to let you know. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you inspire me with your podcast. I keep saying that I want to do stuff like this, and I just can't find the time. But um, yeah, thank you for having me, and I, I appreciate you allowing me to go down memory lane and just tell my story to your listeners. So um, I, I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. And I, I know it will inspire someone. That wraps up 
this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email Run It Is Cheaper Than Therapy, OLB, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's Run It Is Cheaper Than Therapy, Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love, OUI Life, OUI Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.